The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy August to you all. Thank you for coming back to listen to another episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. I have officially survived one of the toughest months of my post-performance career, commuting from Philadelphia to New York City nearly daily and teaching an average of 12 to 18 classes a week has been daunting. But the month of August is a bit more consolidated for me. I'm looking forward to working with some students privately, starting choreography for a few kids for Youth America Grand Prix, and choreographing some new works in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and in Houston, Texas throughout the rest of August. So I'll be in one place here or there for a little bit longer than a short bus ride up and a short bus ride down. Per usual, I still have my regular advanced beginner ballet classes on Fridays at 6 p.m. and my basic ballet classes on Sundays at 6 p.m. at Broadway Dance Center. Otherwise, if any other classes come my way, I will post them on my Facebook page, so be sure to keep on checking out my, my Facebook profile to look for any updates on upcoming classes. As I've stated a handful of times throughout the summer, this summer has been overwhelming, overbooked, and overcommuted for me. In fact, I've struggled a bit this summer in areas that I typically have no problems bringing the inspiration, and (laughs) I decided to take my first hiatus from writing on my Life of a Freelance Dancer blog, partly at the suggestion of my friend and my counselor. And to be completely honest, I developed my Are You Burnt Out podcast that I posted a couple weeks ago, maybe it was like a month and a half, two months ago, Um, but I developed that during that time period as well. It's a lot easier to be inspired by things that are happening to you in the moment. <laughs> I had written on this popular blog nonstop for over five years with hardly a moment lacking inspiration to create and cultivate content for my readers. But not only was I having difficulty coming up with topics for my blog, I also started to block on this podcast that I'm talking to you on right now. I had immense, immense writer's block and speaker's block, I mean, if that's even a thing. (laughs) And because of that block, I started losing my inspiration to continue developing new content for my media channels. I could still develop it, but it just took me a lot more time to do it, and it wasn't as fun. Um, So it wasn't that I was putting out poor media, it was just that it, it took me a lot more time to come up with the same amount of content as it would typically take me to to make when I was feeling very inspired. I'm starting to feel my inspiration coming back after I've made it through this difficult summer of commuting and teaching and also giving myself a little bit of break, uh, a break from that blog. And it's, it's getting easier for me to develop content. Uh, 
I still haven't returned to my blog though, but I did take a few steps to help renew my inspiration and to find pathways to continue rebuilding my motivation because I truly do enjoy writing and podcasting and I want to keep on doing it for as long as I possibly can. So, since this is relevant to me at the moment, I figured why not share some ways that you can stay inspired if you're finding yourself in a rut or if you're finding yourself uh, having difficulty going about the things that you're passionate about, um, but you, you just seem to have lost your motivation. So, the, the first thing that I did, <laughs> it was, this one was really hard for me to do, but the first thing that I did uh, in order to stay inspired was I gave myself the okay to not work when I wasn't working. Um, one thing that I found a lot of value in is working while I'm commuting, super commuting from Philadelphia to New York or going up on the train from New York to Connecticut or all the way back, sometimes all of that in one day. Um, so what I would do is I would sleep in the morning on the way up, but then on the way back I would always make sure that I was working on a podcast or working on a blog. Um, and as I started to feel burnt out on traveling, I also started to feel burnt out on developing my content while I was traveling. Um, and it was weird because I felt like the two were unrelated. I actually felt that developing the content kind of helped me forget that I was actually traveling because it gave me something to put my mind to while I was traveling. But traveling... As much as I do, it starts to feel like it's a part of your workday. And because my workday was stretching from like 7.15 in the morning until sometimes midnight, um, I, I always felt like I was on the job unless I was sleeping. Um, so I needed to start to find time that I felt like I was actually having some me time. And it's really hard to find me time when you're on a bus surrounded by people, especially the, during the summer. I've learned tourists on these commuter buses during the summer. Uh, I mean, people are like this normally, but it's even worse in the summer. Some people have just absolutely no care about anybody around themselves. I am shocked by how much, uh, how self, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? How self-absorbed a lot of people are um, in not caring about the people around them, even in close proximity. But let's not get sidetracked with that. So what I did was I actually gave myself permission on the bus rides home most days because I was doing this six days a week. Um, I gave myself permission to not work on my blogs or my podcasts. And at first I was concerned because I thought that I would be bored. But what I did was I actually downloaded my one of my old favorite games from childhood, Final Fantasy 3 in the US, or it's Final Fantasy 6 in Japan, if you know what I'm talking about. But it's one of my favorite games and it takes like 60 to 100 hours to beat. So I just sucked it up. I paid $15. And now most days when I'm heading back from New York, I just play that game. And it feels like I'm getting a bit of me time. And I am forgetting that I'm on the bus for as long as I am. Um, so a lot of times when you feel like you're developing or you're in a period like I've been, where I've been trying to... Uh, push to the next level in my, my career, you feel like you just got to keep on going, 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 going. Um, or if you're not, if you're worried about money, especially if you freelance, you, you feel like you got to always be on the, the lookout for new work or trying to get people to be interested in your work. Um, but if you always feel like you're working and you're never taking time for yourself, you're, you're just not going to be able to stay inspired. Um, 
And on the other side of this, I've mentioned this before, I don't know if it was on the podcast here or in an article that I wrote or my uh, my blog, um, I feel that I'm much more generous when I take more time for myself. Now granted, you don't want to take all the time for yourself, but I feel like it's easier for me to give and to help other people when I'm taking some time for myself. So uh, it's been really helpful to give myself the okay to not work all the time. Okay, also, to stay inspired, this one, all of these are kind of weird, but they, they've been working for me, and I, I'm curious if, if they'd work for you, too. Uh, taking a bath. I, I used to despise baths. They were hot to the point that I would just sweat all over myself, nonstop, back into the water. I would get bored because I'm a busybody, and I, I felt stuck for the half hour that I just laid in the water. Once I started freelancing and couldn't afford as much self-care as I wanted, uh, whether it was physical therapy or massage or anything along those paths, uh, I started to see baths as a way to ease the pain of tired and overworked muscles. At this point, though, I started to come to terms with, with baths, but uh, I still didn't quite enjoy them. As time has passed, I started incorporating tea lights, scented candles, essential oils, bubbles, smelly bath salts, and my favorite, which I practically listen to all day nonstop, but it started <laughs> in the bath, uh, Pandora's Chill Out Station, which is essentially like ambient electronic music. It's my favorite. Um, but yeah, so I listen to Pandora's Chill Out Station as necess- the, or, and all of these, and I have all these candles and essential oils and bubbles, blah, 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 uh, as necessary parts of my baths. I find that baths not only relax me, but they also allow my racing thoughts to slow down. I think what happens here is that I know I can't get out of the tub <laughs> and work on any of the things I'm thinking about. So the thoughts cycle through, but they really can't be utilized in the moment because I'm stuck in a bathtub. This used to feel like a problem, but now it's my, it's my sanctuary. And once I've cycled through all of the noise in my head, I actually tend to come out more inspired because I can think much more clearly. Plus, beyond all that, I'm relaxed and rejuvenated. So if you're trying to find ways to stay inspired, you don't always have to do things uh, completely related to what you're working on. You might just need to take some time for yourself. Okay, this one's a, a more obvious one. If you are l lacking inspiration, say that you've been, uh, I don't know, working on a ballet that's not your favorite in the studio for four weeks and you don't live near any other major metropolitan cities to go see performances uh, and you just need something to sort of like push you to that next level or to get you through a, a period that's, that's not as exciting. I think it's really important to read content relating to your field for fun. I remember back when I was a young 20-year-old, uh, right around the time that I joined Pacific Northwest Ballet, and one of my uh, now close friends, the physical therapist at the ballet, Boyd Bender, he was reading magazines and newsletters and other information all the time about physical therapy and going to conferences and, and things like that. And I remember thinking to myself, why would you want to work when you're not here working? I, I At that time, I wasn't the workaholic that I am now. I just thought that you went to work, and when you were done with your job, you went home, and it was done. Um, but 
what I now know is that he was not only improving himself as a physical therapist and uh, keeping up to date on what was happening in his field, but he was also inspiring himself to continue doing what he was doing. And I definitely do this all the time now. Um, you need to read content that relates to your field for fun. Don't think of it as uh, homework or as a task. Uh, I actually enjoy seeing, I, like for instance, I go on Ballet Alert, <laughs> Ballet Talk. It's this gossipy forum online. But they provide links to everyday news for dance across the world, mostly in the United States, but across the world. And I love to read about all of the companies across the country and to see what their programs are that they're doing or what dancers are doing well or what type of ballets are interesting or how choreographers were inspired to create works um, or even different technology that's being used or to hear a story about um, people that are doing fantastic things using dance. Um, for instance, I just met uh, Roman Baca, who is the artistic director of Exit 12 Dance Company, and he's a former uh, he's a former military guy, and he has used dance to help veterans and to to help bring lot dance into the lives of people that have have experienced different things like war. Um, so I had read articles about him previously, and then uh, we're both a part of this New York Foundation for the Arts Immigrant Mentoring Program right now, where we are uh, mentoring immigrant artists to reach their dreams and dance in New York City. Uh, so it was cool to see that connection. But yeah, whether it's getting a dance magazine or dance teacher magazine, Point Magazine, Dance Spirit, or going online and finding blogs about dance or looking at company websites or anything like that. If you continue to read content relating to your field for fun, if you're not feeling very inspired, maybe it will help push you in a certain direction and it could actually push you uh, to look beyond just showing up in the studio doing plies and tendus and then rehearsing all day and performing. Um, people like me don't <laughs> just become advocates for dance directly outside of their careers. We expand our idea of things while we are dancing. Um, I feel very lucky to have been a union representative for the American Guild of Musical Artists. That taught me so much outside of my career. Or uh, being a liaison for a young patron subscriber group at, at Pacific Northwest Ballet. So, uh, Keep on reading content and, and just keeping yourself informed about what's happening in your field and you might actually find that soon you'll be the one informing people if, you, if you're inspired enough. Alright, so now on the other hand, this is if you have access to it. Not everybody will have access to this, but if you can see as many performances as you can afford, uh, you can likely find inspiration there. I think as a choreographer, it's very important for me, even a dance educator, to keep up to date with technique. But as a choreographer, it's really important for me to see other people's work because um, there's a, I don't know if I'm saying this exactly how it should be, but there's an old saying that like nothing is new. And it's that idea that everything at this point in dance isn't completely original. It is all just sort of a reimagining of something that has been done before. So I think it's really important to go see what your colleagues are doing or what people 
that are not your colleagues but could eventually be your colleagues are doing. Um, or if you're a dancer, I, I remember the first time that I ever recognized what a beautiful arabesque was. I was training at my, my small local school as a kid and we went to a star power competition and I had never seen somebody with the line of an arabesque like one of the dancers of the competition and I remember going back into the studio so inspired to work on my arabesque and I it really was one of the first times I can remember having uh, or being inspired to really improve something really technical in my dancing. So if you can go out and see as many performances, if, you, if you're if you in a, a smaller city and maybe there's a tour coming through, do that. Or maybe if you're on summer layoff and you can make it to New York City, try your best to go see some shows. And if you're in a really rural place you don't and you can't access these, these performances, you don't have to be just left by the wayside and not, not see performances. You can Google or YouTube different performance footage. Um, and I always say, I tell my kids this in my classes all the time, if you don't know where to look or what to look for, pick up a dance magazine and if an article interests you, look at the people in the articles or look at the companies or the choreographers in the articles and go on YouTube and type those names into the search field and see what you find. You, you'd be surprised what you would find and people are so lucky that they have that today because when I was a kid we didn't have that I remember the closest thing I had to that was my my teacher Miss Kim I used to stay with her on the weekends and she had a large collection of videos from American Ballet Theater to uh, Russian companies and then she also had a handful of videos from the Russian Ballet Theater of Delaware where she was dancing an old defunct professional ballet company um, and when I was at her house that's all I would do is just sit and watch videos trying to get inspired so you can do that <laughs> if you if you're looking for inspiration all right so another thing hang out with your friends who are in your field I remember back when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet I one of my challenges was a lot of my friends didn't want to talk about dance I loved talking about dance. I mean, here I am talking on a podcast about dance. I think you figured that out. But the year before I joined Pacific Northwest Ballet, I was dancing with Houston Ballet and a fellow apprentice, Alex Pandicio, who I'm actually going to see for 10 days while I'm choreographing in Houston at the Uptown Dance Company, which he works for. Um, the two of us were really the biggest bunheads, and we would sit by his TV, we would drink beers, and we would just watch videos, and then we would talk about them. And then we would go out to dinner, and we would talk about rehearsal, and then instead of just talking gossip, we would actually talk technique, different things like that. So if you want to find inspiration, don't be afraid to talk to your friends. It's okay to be a nerd when it comes to ballet. Uh, the only way that our art form can move forward is if people are talking about it and exploring it. Okay, so hang out with your dance friends that are interested in talking about your field. Um, now, on the other hand, if you're starting to get overwhelmed, perhaps burnt out with dance, it's valuable that you also have non-dance friends um, to, to go hang out with and to enjoy life and to really pull you outside of the arts world. Uh, 
the the dance world can become extremely insular. I remember the first time I'm talking about Pacific Northwest Ballet a lot today, but uh, it's just what's coming up. But the the first time that I went back to PNB after I had left the company, I happened to hit the company in the middle of a run of Swan Lake, and for anybody that has danced this ballet, uh, especially in companies that perform it more than once or twice, the the women in the corps de ballet are slaughtered in this work because they dance in all four works. And for the swan acts, they are on stage the entire time. Even if they're not dancing, they are standing in B+, in cramping and in pain the entire time. It is a murderous ballet. Um, so... I remember going and telling everybody, hey, I'm going to stop at this restaurant after the show, and if anybody wants to come meet me, they can. And a lot of people didn't <laughs> because they were exhausted. Um, but I remember going in to the to tell everybody that I wanted them to come and join me, and I had not realized how much of a bubble the ballet world can be, especially when you have a bunch of people working on one thing at a very high level and then being exhausted at night, it tends to become a very small cohesive group. So a lot of people don't reach out to friends that are not a part of the dance world because either they don't have time or the friends get upset if you aren't around for a couple of weeks. So with all that said, it's still important to cultivate those friendships outside of dance because you can only be inspired to keep on going on in your career if you have balance in your life. Because if everything is going in one direction, if something starts to go wrong in that one area of your life, you're going to have nothing else to fall back on. So do your best. Hang out with friends who aren't in your field. Talk about whatever it is that you're interested in outside of dance, whether it's politics, whether it's music, whether it's, I don't know, computer games, just find your people, hang out with them, and be reminded that there are other things that can inspire you in your life, and you can be inspired about other things, and then that can help to fill your, your meter back up to full, and then you'll be more inspired to do the thing that you work so hard for and you have worked so hard for. All right, we're almost here to the end. Uh, more things that you can do to uh, inspire yourself. I One thing for me, this isn't for everybody, but as a choreographer, this works for me. And I know a lot of people who don't necessarily see themselves yet as choreographers, but this works for them as well. Less so in the ballet world, but uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people in the contemporary and modern dance worlds are a little bit more privy to this. But... If you're seeking inspiration in the studio, but you feel like you're kind of in a rut, if you feel comfortable to go and, and improvise by yourself for a while, you might find that the freedom of movement without having somebody telling you exactly what you need to do is actually quite inspirational. If you're not comfortable with this yet, find an empty studio with no windows, a, a safe private space. I actually sometimes do this at the gym, which is kind of open, but <laughs> I don't care at this point. But if you can find a, if you if you're nervous about it, find a safe private space, even if it's in your living room. Move all your furniture to the sides of the walls, and just have no expectations. Turn on music that you love. It could be anything from classical music to electronic music to rock or pop music. It doesn't matter. But 
give yourself a chance to just let your body move the way that it wants to move. Because sometimes we lose our inspiration because we're always being told what to do and we feel like we don't have any say. So if you can find a way to have a little bit of say, even if it's not all the time, uh, you might find that you are more inspired to go back and listen to what people or listen or listen to what people are telling you to do, and to stay in that structure because you've had some time to yourself. Uh, that's been really helpful for me over the years. And eventually, you who knows, you could eventually develop a knack for choreographing. Um, and I mean, who knows where you can go from there? All right, getting so close. The next things that you can do in order to stay inspired, it's important that you take regular days off and also a regular vacation. Um, And in this situation, it's kind of a do what I say, not as I do. (laughs) But it's really important that I think you get at least one day off a week. And if you can't get one day off a week, at least schedule them in so you have a few off a month. Um, and then if you do have a big bout of work where you have to be working extremely hard, make sure that you schedule a vacation ahead of time. When uh, my husband and I looked at our schedules back, I think in May, July, I could already tell that July was going to just be a challenging, challenging month. So we looked at each other and we said, why don't we just book a, a two-night two stay three days, two nights, stay in Cape May, New Jersey, where we've wanted to visit for a long time um, in the middle of July, and we just won't take work on those days. So we kind of forced ourselves to take vacation, a vacation then, and I am so grateful that we did because I was just so exhausted and overwhelmed with my schedule, and I had that to look forward to. And then once I once we went to it, when I came back to work the next week, I felt more inspired and I felt I felt like I had more to give when I was teaching. So be sure to do that. Now, if you are, if you've been doing a lot of these things for a while that I've just mentioned and you still are having trouble feeling inspired, I I really strongly suggest taking a break from what you're doing. Um, You don't necessarily have to do it for like a year, but if you can take a couple of weeks off without feeling like you you absolutely have to do anything, I think that it will help you. Now, I do suggest that you have a plan to get back into into dancing or choreographing or I don't podcasting or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, I, I think that you shouldn't just have an aimless, <laughs> I will do this and when I feel inspired to come back, I will. Because you might just get a little too relaxed um, and not be able to utilize that that time off to actually pull yourself back to what to the inspiration uh, or what you're trying to inspire yourself to do. So I would strongly suggest if you, if you get to the point where you feel like you are burning out, do take a break, but don't just do it without any structure or framework for getting back to what you're doing. And I think that's really important because you. you you work so hard at what you do, you don't want that to fall by the wayside just because you had a period that you were uninspired. Every artist, every human being has periods of their lives where they aren't inspired to do things, whether it's just getting out of bed. Um, so yeah, take a break from what you're doing if you absolutely need to. I do see this as uh, almost a, a last-ditch effort, but it's not something that uh, you can't do it, and everybody at some point in their lives and careers will probably have to do that. Lastly, uh, the the one way, the last thing I could think of in order to stay inspired is if you if you don't 
find yourself feeling inspired to do what you're doing, but you still feel passionate about the, the field that you're in, maybe try to do what you're doing in a different way. Say that you're training to be a ballet dancer, you've gone to your final years and you audition for companies and you didn't get a job and you can't see uh, yourself fighting for two more years to get that company position, maybe try entering a modern program for six months or a contemporary program for six months and seeing if that is more inspiring to you. Maybe it's a body type thing and you you actually fit in better in that. Or maybe uh, you'll go and do that modern dance training program and realize, no, you actually really want to keep on working for that ballet career. So it's it's a way to sort of test the waters to see if that's the right path or to if if you should go back to what you're doing. Um, I think that that's a much healthier way to go about things if you are feeling burnt out or uninspired. Because, like I said in the last, the last one that I just mentioned, you put in so much work <laughs> to be where you are. You don't want to just, because you feel uninspired, you don't want to just throw it away. You want to give it a chance to just simmer a little bit and see what can come of it. Um, that was my big thing with my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer. I, I've been writing on it for five years, and like I mentioned, I, I got writer's block. I, I wasn't inspired. I was burnt out from traveling, and I didn't want to do it anymore. And I couldn't figure out why. Um, so I finally gave myself a chance. I've taken a break from it, but I also had a plan when to come back. I'm hoping, or I was hoping that I would come back this fall. So giving myself this time away, it's, it's made me realize that the reason I've been having trouble writing on my blog is because I haven't had any new experiences as a performing freelance artist in the past two years, or not maybe one or two, but not really too many. So everything I've been writing about has been from experiences in the past. So I don't have any new inspiration, and I feel like I'm slowly running out of inspiration from the past to write about. So taking that break away from the blog gave me a chance to see that it's now time for me to go go in a different direction with blogging. I love writing. I don't want to stop blogging. But it's time that I transition into a new blog. So after my move this fall, I'm planning to announce, I, I have a title, but I don't want to give it away yet. But um, I'm planning on developing a, a brand new blog that is more appropriate for what I'm doing now. Uh, I'm hoping to talk about what life is like as a dancer after they take their final curtain call, after they take their final bow on stage, and how dance stays in your life in the second part of your career if as a as a, a dance artist you choose to do that. So think teaching, choreography, I mean, I've been doing speaking engagements and advocacy. I just mentioned I'm mentoring this immigrant artist from China, uh, who wants to develop her own choreography in New York City. So I'm really actually excited and feeling very inspired to start this new blog. I would start it next week if I could, but I still have a tough month coming up, and then my husband and I are moving to New York on October 1st. We just gave our 60-day notice for a lease, so it's definitely happening. But um, it, it took me a while to find the inspiration, and I'm I'm feeling so inspired to start up this new chapter with this new blog. So 
Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I hope that you can use these tools that I'm offering to you if you haven't been feeling inspired. We we all work so hard and sometimes when you're working so hard and you don't necessarily see the results right away, it can be difficult to, to stay inspired. But what I don't think a lot of people realize is when they start to lose a little bit of the inspiration, it's almost like they're on the verge of making that like final, chipping away that final piece to get exactly what they've been working so so hard to get. So I'm hoping that you can use these tools to stay inspired because I honestly think that if you're starting to feel uninspired, you're probably closer than you think. So I hope that this is helpful to you. If you have anything that keeps you inspired when you feel like you're losing your inspiration, please do feel free to reach out to me and share that with me. And if, uh, if you guys send me something that I think is really valuable, I will be sure to share it in a future podcast here on Pod to Chat. All right. So with that, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over five years. I also have a YouTube channel that features my choreography under the name B. Corollis. Thanks for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.